8.46. Let's continue now with Different View. Andrew Jung of Merger Market. Good to have you here in the studio. Good morning, Alex. Good morning to you. And uh, the first of our issues today, third, and future national security policy. We've already seen, I think, um, a softening of expectations from the Moon Jae-in uh, administration in terms of the, this forecast of breaking slightly with the US, moving more closely with China, softening on North Korea. Actually, it's uh, not so different from what we've seen before, just so far. Mm. Let's talk about the newspaper's responses. Right. I think the papers were divided as to um, you know, what we should do regarding that and you know, how aggressive we should be towards North Korea vis-a-vis um, -vis China and the US. And on the one hand, you have newspapers saying, um, you know, we have to aim for talks no matter what, because at the end of the day, we all want peace. But on the other hand, you have a lot of newspapers saying, hey, it's, it's gone beyond the Rubicon River. It's, it's gone beyond the point where you can turn back and really go for talks at this point. So unless a big change is made regarding uh, the situation in Northeast Asia, these newspapers are saying, you know, we have to, we have to be concerned more about our own national security. And um, to start with, I'm going to start with the Hangyori. And this was one of the newspapers that was saying, you know, at the end of the day, we all want peace. We, we should go for talks and talks should be the aim and goal of any policy. And uh, the newspaper here voiced hope that the U.S.-South uh, Korea summit late next month um, would lead to talks aimed at resolving the crisis. Uh, the newspaper notes that although Seoul and Washington agreed to consider all options, including stronger sanctions, this also means talks are still possible. And the Hangyori also argues that a survey conducted from May 12th to 13th, um, which means last Friday to Saturday, um, it showed about 56% of uh, respondents uh, voicing the need to reconsider the deployment of Fed. And uh, this shows, according to the Hangyore, uh, that a majority of voters still hope the Moon administration carefully reconsiders uh, the deployment of Fed and uh, must not only balance the wishes of domestic voters, um, the Hangyore says, Chinese sentiment and the Korea-U.S. military alliance, but also uh, the Moon administration should be prepared to strongly object the $1 billion uh, argument uh, from Trump regarding you know, paying for that. So the Hangyore, I guess, you know, took a very... Um, somewhat nationalist, I guess you could say, um, somewhat, but at the same time, uh, a, 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 I guess, you know, argument aimed at promoting uh, some sort of talks uh, as opposed to some of the other newspapers that I'm going to get to in a few moments. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of those others um, because this has been such a highly sensitive issue for a long time. Perhaps there had been liberal hopes that Moon Jae-in would come in and just chuck away Thad straight away. Maybe, maybe we will see theoretically still possible something like that but but let's let's then focus on some of the other views here right uh the kungminilbo uh published an editorial saying that is an inevitable security measure uh and it's a necessity at least in the near term because the kungminilbo argues in an editorial published yesterday evening that even if the korea air missile defense system which is i guess the the domestic uh and indigenous uh, alternative to THAAD um, is developed successfully, it would take up to five or six years until deployment, meaning, according to the Kuminibo, Seoul has no alternative to depending on the U.S.'s THAAD system until then. So the Kumin is saying we need THAAD not because of some sort of weird uh, clash between the conservatives and the liberals in Korea, but because it's a necessity uh, yeah. that is, you know, here to fill the gap. Andrew, I always come back to this question in my mind, though. Why would North Korea waste or risk wasting uh, a missile 
attempt which could fail and actually incur a, a response with no gain from North Korea's side at all, when it can just fire, you know, artillery uh, at Seoul. It has the most populated part of South Korea within its range anyway, something THAAD would be powerless to prevent. Isn't that a major consideration in all of this? I guess so, but at the end of the day, North Korea's um, policy goal is to ensure that it survives in every situation. Yeah. And I don't think firing artillery rounds to Seoul would ensure that goal. Well, and neither would firing a missile at Seoul. But, but the point is, if you're going for a strategy, mm. then I, 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 perhaps THAAD has just been somewhat overplayed in terms of the way it protects South Korea. But again, I think it comes back to the alliance with the United States and working mm. with them. If that's something the US want and we can accommodate it, it's difficult not to side with the Hungary on the, uh, on the issue of paying a billion dollars. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about the chosen elbow. Right, and this was one of the newspapers, I guess, that said... Um, you know, that is a necessity, and um, whatever North Korea has been doing, it's working because, according to the Joseon Ilbo, you know, worse, the worst case scenario for South Korea is becoming closer and closer and uh, to, I guess, you know, realization. And the Joseon Ilbo argues South Korea's Moon Jae-in administration must formulate a contingency plan for the worst case scenario. And the Joseon says it is very real. That North Korea will obtain ICBMs, uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, able to reach the U.S. East Coast during Moon's term. And that this could lead to either a preemptive attack by U.S. forces against the North without notifying Seoul or a peace deal between Pyongyang and Washington that could lead to the withdrawal of U.S. troops in the South. The Chosen argues uh, South Korea must be prepared for these contingencies and says uh, that Moon must realize his, quote, peace through talks idea is not only an illusion... Uh, and that the North's Kim Jong-un regime considers the South a mere dollar box, but that uh, Moon should also consider a nuke-sharing deal, similar to the one between NATO and the U.S. and Europe. So uh, the Chosen was saying, hey, you know, we're, we're getting really, really near, near to the bottom, and we have to do everything uh, to ensure that we survive at the end of the day. Yeah, well, considerations beyond that itself there, uh, and talking about the ICBM threat to the U.S., Right. rather than to South Korea, obviously, mm. uh, being intercontinental, but by the same token, one that still strongly affects our security. Uh, and you've got the Sege Elbow before we move on to another North Korea question. Right. Uh, the Sege Elbow lauds uh, the Moon administration to follow a more traditional, uh, for following a more traditional national security policy, basing it on the Korea-U.S. military alliance, but also urges uh, the new administration to continue actively participating in anti-North Korean sanctions and also argues that the coming U.S.-Korea summit next month will serve as a litmus test for the new administration's foreign policy, comparing it to uh, a Korean saying of uh, calling it putting on the first button, meaning you know, a screw-up from the beginning at the summit with the U.S. Uh, could lead to a lot of unimaginable foreign policy disasters uh, for South Korea in the near term. Yeah, I, A lot of the conservative concerns about Moon, though, have not been founded in reality so far. No. And... and Frankly, he's done everything that you would expect of a conservative winner of that election so far in terms of U.S. relationship. Right, right. And I think the conservatives, some of them at, at least, um, have been, you know, I guess pleasantly surprised yeah. by these actions. Now, uh, what about ransomware and North Korea? Is North Korea the likely culprit or even a possible culprit here? This huge global cyber terror issue. Right. Just to be sure, I think a lot of the evidence is you know, certainly pointing to North Korea, but there has never been a, I guess, conclusive smoking gun kind of you know, evidence showing that North Korea is really behind these um, recent attacks globally. Um, 
you know, moving on to the Korean uh, editorials. The Korea Economic Daily, though, uh, was one of the newspapers that said that, you know, North Korea was almost definitely behind these attacks. And uh, this newspaper notes that the argument that the North is behind the latest ransomware attack is gaining more credibility uh, in an editorial published late yesterday. Um, the newspaper cites unnamed Russian and U.S. cybersecurity companies who noted that there are numerous parallels between the codes of the latest attacks and those between the attacks in 2014 on Sony Pictures uh, and the 2016 attacks on Bangladeshi banks, uh, which, of course, were two incidents which North Korean hackers were greatly, um, highly suspected to be behind. Mm. Um, the, the Korea Economic Daily also raises the possibility that North Korea could be using the funds generated from these ransomware attacks uh, to fund its nuclear program and concludes that the South must boost its cybersecurity uh, defense, noting that Korea's 600-man cybersecurity force uh, falls well behind uh, you know, China's you know, uh, numbering beyond the tens of thousands in North Korea's 6,000 uh, core of hackers. And the Segeilbo again, to return to that? Yes, uh, the Segeilbo echoes this argument uh, floated by the Korea Economic Daily, although it doesn't explicitly say that, you know, we believe the North is behind this. Um, the Segeilbo does say uh, the South is exposed to a mass cybersecurity attack um, and does not, again, does not explicitly argue that the North is behind this latest uh, ransomware attack, but notes South Korea should be better prepared, nevertheless, for a potential massive uh, cyber invasion from the yeah. North. Andrew, from the papers, can you just give us one or two pieces of succinct advice? Right. Um, I guess, you know, uh, simply going to a website could lead to ransomware infections and, uh, you know, copying and pasting URLs from social media could also lead to infection. Uh, But, you know, of course, I don't think there are any clear-cut problem-free solutions uh, to these latest attacks. So, you know, careful, careful, careful. Be cautious when choosing what websites you go to, what emails you open, what networks you connect to. Those are the times we're living in. Andrew Jung with our different view today. Thank you. Good to have you here. Thank you. And uh, thanks to our production team. We'll hand over to the news team next for your latest headlines and then Careerscape with Kurt Asian. Join us with our latest This Morning show tomorrow from 7.05.